Hey guys, I'm Anna. And I'm Adway, and this is Double, Double Testimony. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Double Testimony. Unfortunately, my co-host Adway is not here today, but I think I'll survive. Because I have a really cool guest with me, my friend John. How are you today, John? I'm doing well, thank you for asking. How are you going? I'm good, thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you so much for coming today and being a part of the podcast. Oh, thanks for inviting me. Really excited to have you. And I've learned a lot from you, so I'm really excited for what you're going to share. But first of all, I just want to introduce everybody to you. So can you like tell us like your name and your age? <laughs> sure. So uh, John Graves. Um, I didn't get to choose my last name. It's a bit morbid, but it's okay. I, it's <laughs> all right. It goes by okay. Right. Uh, I'm 52 years old. I'll be 53 in July, July 13th. If anybody wants to send me any gifts, that's a oh, date coming up pretty quick. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us the craziest thing you've ever done? The craziest thing I've ever done. Well, I've done a few crazy things when I was uh, learning to do uh, scuba diving. Uh, there's oh, certain gosh. rules that you're supposed to follow, and I sometimes went a little outside those rules oh, when really? I was learning a few oh, things. Great. So I got myself in a few awkward positions, but oh. uh, fortunately I'm still here, so that's good. I survived those uh, little silly things I did. Not awkward, but, with, uh, like a shark. Kind of things. Oh, uh, swimming with sharks is fun, yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah it's always fun. I've made it. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Thank goodness. But I still love scuba diving, so. Oh, great. And you go, like, by yourself independently? No, you always go with someone else. It's safer that way. Okay. Yeah. But you don't have to do like the beginners. <laughs> yeah, you do. You oh, do. you do still? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Everyone should uh, do the training before they go. Okay. Safely. But you've done that. You'll be on that now. Okay. I've done a few times. That's cool. Yeah. I went scuba diving once, but actually, no, sorry. I didn't go scuba diving. I almost went scuba diving. Um, but then they found out I was asthmatic mm. right beforehand. So. Okay. There are yeah. ways to handle that, but. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah they didn't go. have any of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's jump in. So I wanted to start off by asking you um, how you first became a Christian, because as you know, I Am Plants by Rivers really focuses mainly on people who are already um, familiar with what it's like to be a Christian and um, are interested in what happens after that. Mm. But it's always important to start back with Jesus and the reason we do follow him. So yeah, can you tell us a bit about that? What the Bible tells us that he is the cornerstone, he is the foundation. So if you can't be start with him, then yeah. there's no foundation to be planted on. So, of yeah, course, right. you can't have a testimony without uh, salvation. So I was very fortunate to grow up in a Christian home. Uh, my mom was saved probably when I was about two years old. And my father was a little bit more reluctant. His testimony is quite amazing. I'll have to share it with you someday. Yeah. And uh, But he did get uh, saved as well about when I was about five. So I don't really remember a time where we didn't go to church each Sunday or be involved even on Wednesday night kind of services and those kind of things. But uh, it was really, like most people, doing what your parents tell you to do. And it wasn't until I went to a church camp and I was about 12 years old. I was exactly 12 years old. And it was on July 31st uh, when I had just turned 12. So that would have been, uh, I don't even want to do the, do the math. But anyways, quite a few years ago. I was at a church camp and it was, it, for the first time it was, it became real where I didn't just understand the words that Jesus died for me, but I, I saw, saw the opportunity for a relationship and it was uh, quite amazing. It was definitely a spiritual thing. It wasn't just everybody else is doing it. 
it was God speaking to me. And I said, now I gotta, gotta do this, gotta make this decision for myself. And it was really neat because even at that age, I knew it was a big choice that I had to make to go forward and accept Christ. So that's what happened. Yeah, that's really cool because a lot of people that grow up in Christian homes often feel like they don't have an exact moment that they knew, mm. but there always is one because, or else you haven't come to God yourself. Well, I do encourage people that don't have a heavenly birth date documented to do their best and pray about it and guess. <laughs> They're like, okay, it was about this time of year or whatever, and pick one and yeah. celebrate it every year, just like yeah. you would your regular birthday. Wow. It's a big event. So what's your... So it's July thirty first. Oh wow! So that's like yes. not long after. That's like the date flipped. Yes. So it's July thirteenth is my born. So it's uh, on my twelfth, right for my twelfth birthday. Wow. Yeah, I was at a church camp. That's yeah. really exciting. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like a lot of people, especially um, like friends, myself, grew up in a Christian home, and you do decide to follow God for yourself, but there's a lot of struggle with realizing what that means. Mm. Because, you know, going to church, reading the Bible and all of that is like the standard, most obvious steps. But there's um, challenges when the world isn't living the same way that you're aiming to live in. And um, have you had, did you have any challenges after you chose to accept God for yourself? Did you have anything after that that made it, made you question that decision or made you, um, I guess, really understand that it's a daily thing following God. No, I've actually lived a perfect life and okay. everything's been great. All yeah, right, I okay, never had any problems. Yeah. It's really All easy. Right. Yeah. That's Bye. my testimony. Thank you. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think uh, in high school, I kind of uh, dabbled a bit with uh, the worldly kinds of things, but I had good friends around me that really helped. When I got into university, it was funny because I, I went to university because I was chasing after a girl and uh, had no <laughs> intention of... Uh, going to university and then I found that she's going. So I went to university and <laughs> what classes do I take? I don't know. And then yeah. I didn't end up with that girl, but, uh, ended up with my wife at university, different, different lady. Oh, there you go. And, uh, but I ended up studying and getting involved in a student union. It was a Christian student union on campus. So again, surrounding myself with people who were believers it really helped. I think I see people who don't do that and quickly can fall away mm-hmm. because, that is so important to have others with like mind around you. Mm. And then I was married and got uh, my first job outside of school uh, at a tele- telco company. Moved up to Colorado. It's kind of different because no longer was I right next to family. It was just me and my wife and kind of venturing out. Mm. And we did okay for a while, but I started getting more and more caught up with friends at work, mm-hmm. uh, more secular people. We weren't heavily involved in different churches and it was a slow fade to where we were both just kind of doing our own thing and uh, outside from God, we were still uh, quite happily married. And then I had an opportunity to move to Europe, uh, to Amsterdam, which is kind of like the sin city of Europe and had a really uh, far away from family and friends. And pretty much all of our friends were secular. And I, I look back now, my excuse was I couldn't find a good church. Right. But I really wasn't looking very hard, to be honest. We were, you know, I was doing quite well in my company. And it's quite interesting looking back that God will often, he knows the best way 
to kind of draw us back. And I have an older brother who, what he needed to get drawn back was to go into prison. And he spent 14 years And I don't know why God had grace on me, but he, in order to get a hold of me, he had to bless me, even though I wasn't following him. So what was amazing was the company I was working for, the stock was going crazy. On paper, I was a multimillionaire. And I found myself realizing the vanity of vanities, all this vanity that Solomon talks about. I was looking at... You know, your mind starts switching around. You're saying, wow, what if uh, what if I had a house in Spain? Mm-hmm. And then in the summer I can go here. And, and you start realizing, how stupid is this? And how much is enough? Mm-hmm. I started realizing that there wasn't going to be enough. Mm-hmm. And so I went through a time where I questioned everything. Why I even existed. And so I knew I had could fall back on Christianity. But I went through another phase where I was just questioning why I believed was it because of my parents? What I fell back on the times that I trusted him, but uh, I had lost that. And so I started doing research. I said, well, maybe there's no God. And I really struggled with that. That couldn't, <laughs> doesn't, didn't make sense to me. There's just too much evidence for a God. Right. And then I kind of fell into, well, maybe, you know, Hinduism or something like that. And I said, no, this, this multi-God thing, can't get that one. That one doesn't work for me. It's got to be one God. Even if there's multis, there's one top God, you know. And so then I said, well, what are there three religions that have uh, one God? And I started researching uh, Muslim uh, faith. And I got really frustrated with that because they tell you you can't read the Quran unless you read it in Arabic. And it's not, the translations aren't working. And it, it didn't take me long to say that that's just was not truth at all. So I was like, okay, well, between Judaism and Christianity, it's like, who's Jesus and what does he say, right? And even with the Muslims, it all all centralized around Jesus. You know, the Muslims say Jesus was a good teacher. The Jews say he was a prophet, maybe, or they discount him completely. But Christianity says he's God. And when you read about him, he clearly says he is. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the statement of God. So I said, well, either, you know, the, the famous quotes of he's a, a lunatic, a liar, uh, uh, or Lord, right? He's one of those. So I kind of came down to that conclusion. And when I got to that point where I was like, now Christianity has to be the truth. And again, that's Holy Spirit. That's not just logic. I've tried to logic people to heaven all my life, and I can't get anybody to go to heaven from logic. Right. There's a spiritual aspect of it. But God used that logic to just refine was already inside of me right. and to remind me where I, what my roots were. And so that, at that point I got, came back to Colorado, got involved in Calvary Chapel. <laughs> I remember because uh, my friends were going to Calvary Chapel. And I said, Oh, Calvary Chapel. I hear they, they speak in tongues and they, they jump around the aisles and they do all sorts of weird things. I, I, I can't handle the whole charismatic thing. So I went in there very, very scared <laughs> wondering what was going to go on. And a bald little short pastor got up there and sat on a bench and was just reading the Bible and explaining it. I thought, okay, it's interesting. I came back the next week and he picked up right where he left off and kept going. And I thought, man, that's lazy. 
that pastor's not even trying. He's just reading the, reading the Bible and then just explaining it. How, how, how hard can that be? And of course, I've learned that that is the hardest thing to do is to teach through the Bible. And I learned so much and I started getting to where uh, I was just so hungry for the word. And God gave me opportunities to teach and then to preach and just do all sorts of incredible things. And I've just seen him do amazing work in my life since then. It's been great. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And Mm. that's really powerful, that testimony, because there are two really, well, many amazing things that you shared, but there are two that I wanted to ask you more about. One of them was, um, you said, because you grew up in a Christian home, there was a point where you weren't sure if you had originally come to God because Mm. of that, which could have been the case. Mm -hmm. How else might you have known about God Mm. yourself? But then you said about doing so much research, Hmm. and I know that you're into research and you want to find things out for yourself. You don't want to just go off what other people say. That's right. And how would you um, encourage other people to do that too? Well, I don't think it's an accident that we are living in the information age. I think Satan's tactics is if he can't hide truth by not having any of it available, he will flood people with falsehoods so that if you, I mean, if anyone is trying to do research, the hardest part is just distinguishing all the junk that's out there. So if you go online and start doing your research on that, you're going to get so caught up in, and you're just trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong. So I found going back to scripture and just reading and starting to learn for yourself and, and logic. And then Finding people that you respect, especially their life, and getting them advice rather than blog entries or something like that. No offense. I mean, your blog is wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, just where if you're trying to do research on those kind of things, right. it's really important to uh, uh, not just do a simple Google search or something. Yeah. You will get so much junk. And yeah. reading through that can be very, uh, very difficult and almost impossible. Right. I definitely agree. They do say in my uni course that social media is probably the lowest um, level of evidence you could go mm-hmm. for. Because yeah. it's just, a lot of it's just opinions. And that's one of the biggest things that um, I know when people want to fi- find out if God is true or not, quite often it's go to people's opinions and see what other people think. And that can be good, but it's also important to know for yourself. Until you read the scripture, it says narrow is the way and few that find it. (laughs) So if you're looking for the most people who think in a certain way, you're probably on the wrong path. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah, that's really cool. And the other thing that you said I wanted to touch on Mm -hmm. was um, anyone can hear the logic and hear the truth, Mm -hmm. but it is God that ultimately... Uh, brings it to pass and um, like you shared how he did that in your life and even in your brother's life which is incredible and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that and just the importance of um, I guess really the importance of um, God sort of having the room to do that in your life Mm. and any times in your life you knew since then because I've seen from conversations we've had since Mm. then I've, I've heard testimonies of actually you said i'll try and quote what you say is um just well actually i don't even know if i can quote it even though i've heard it so many times give it a try not to worry um every time you worry 
doesn't need no reason to worry because uh, um yeah mm-hmm. can you touch on that a little bit more about because um you mentioned about originally so yeah. two things that uh, I think are important one is uh, knowing that salvation and understanding truth is a spiritual thing and I fall in the trap as I mentioned before of trying to witness to people in the logical sense and there's nothing wrong with having logic and the Bible tells us to have a reason for our faith and to to be able to give an account for why we believe certain things mm-hmm. and some people who are generally struggling with you know creation or whatever the Bible's authenticity getting over that is important but the Bible seems to very much imply that no one seeks God well, mm-hmm. it says no one seeks God right so it's a spiritual thing so it's important to be praying for someone and to recognize that the only way that they're going to have their eyes open, you know, I once was blind, but now I see, is for the Spirit to open their eyes. Mm. And so as important or more important than having a good argument or, or convincing someone is to be praying for that person, mm. praying that whatever you say in Jesus' name and that they will, will have their eyes open. And I have seen so many times someone's eyes open. <laughs> you know, you're just, you're just talking to him, stumbling through your explanation of who God is, who Jesus is. And then all of a sudden they just, their eyes open and they say, yeah, I want to accept. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of examples of those. And it's funny because Tina, my wife had a, a great friend and she went to some Bible studies and her, Tina's mom witnessed to her and Tina witnessed to her. And then she was on the phone with me one time and she, I was just about ready to give her the phone to my wife, Tina. And I said, have you, uh, I've heard you've been going to Bible study. Has anybody explained the gospel to you? And she's like, I don't, th- I don't know. And I just basically said <laughs> the simple gospel that Jesus died on the cross for you and you're a sinner and you need to accept him. And I said, do you want to accept? And she says, yes. And then I, I said, okay, now you should confess with your mouth. And here's, here's Tina. You can tell her what you've decision you made. And my wife was so mad <laughs> because she spent so much time talking to her about the truths. Right. And it was just a spiritual moment. I didn't say anything special. Mm. It was just a spirit opened their eyes. Mm. So I think it's important for that. Kind of touching on your other aspect of worrying and uh, the life as a Christian. The Bible tells us not to worry, right? We're very clear that worrying is a sin because all we're doing is saying, I don't believe God can help me. Mm-hmm. I don't believe God wants to help me. He's not able to help me or he doesn't, he's not interested in me. Mm-hmm. And as a father, I think of kids and I think how sad it is when a child, when my son doesn't worry, when worries and I tell him it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm still worried. But I told you it's going to be okay. Mm. And I'm watching over you. It's offensive to me. Right. And when we look at that. And so I know we all worry. But it's important not to and just to trust in the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. And I've definitely seen that in your life. Especially recently with all the changes that's happening. And we don't have enough time to go into that now, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But hopefully maybe I'll come to Colorado and do a part two. Yes. Um, Yeah. Okay. But thank you so much for sharing everything you did. Happy to. It was incredible. Thanks for inviting me. Miss us already? It's okay. We understand. You can check out I'm Planted by Rivers, our YouTube channel. 
And stay encouraged and up to date on our Instagram and Facebook, I Am Planted by Rivers. Also, you can go directly to our website, iamplantedbyrivers.wordpress.com, where you can find weekly motivating blog posts and even our testimonies. And before you know it, it'll be this time again next week. So till then, stay, stay planted. planted.